Section 9 of Short Stories from Locomotive Engineers Journal, Volume 52. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Short Stories from Locomotive Engineers Journal, Volume 52, by Various, Section 9. Flanagan's Boy, by Clarissa Mackey. Larry will never be coming home, sighed Dennis Flanagan, as he looked out into the March twilight. It's five years since he went away to seek his fortune, Molly. Do you never wonder what he's found? Molly Delaney looked at her uncle through unshed tears. I'm always wondering that, Uncle Dennis, she answered. Light the lamp, Molly, and read his latest letter, requested Dennis. When the lamp was lighted, it disclosed a comfortable sitting room, clean and cozy and warm. It showed Dennis in his big rocking chair, his helpless rheumatic feet propped on a stool. Lovely Molly Delaney, with her misty black hair and her Irish blue eyes, sat down at the table and opened the worn envelope that contained Flanagan's letter and read, Dear Father, although it's five years since I left you with high hopes in my heart that my returning would be soon, I fear that I must wait a little longer before seeing your dear face again and feeling the hearty clasp of your hand. Gold is an alluring jade. She has led me a pretty chase in this bleak, cold country, and now she is only just in sight. Please, God, when next I write, it will be to tell you that I have struck it rich, that I am coming home to buy a grand house for you and Molly, and we will all be happy together. Remember that I promised Molly that when I came home, I'd bring her a bunch of emerald shamrocks, the real jewels, and now they are just within my reach. A boy from Hazenville is due here tomorrow, and with his coming I expect to hear direct news from you both. With love from your dutiful son, Larry. Molly lifted her eyes and looked across the table at Dennis Flanagan. Uncle Dennis, I'm afraid that Larry will never come home, she whispered. The old man lifted a tremulous hand. Hush, child. I have a feeling that Larry will come back to us. I had a dream last night. I thought there came a knocking at the door, and I opened it to see our Larry. Instead of wearing fine clothes and a silk hat, poor Larry was in rags and instead of pinning a bunch of emerald shamrocks on your bosom, where they'd be out of place on that flimsy cotton gown, my dear, our poor Larry carried a little pot of the living green plant from old Ireland, and then I woke up. Molly was sobbing softly. I don't care how poor he is, Uncle Dennis, if he will only come home to us. Nor more do I, childy, whispered Dennis. Don't sorrow, Uncle Dennis, comforted the girl, slipping to her knees beside him. Larry will soon come home. If this last quest for gold should prove useless, I can see him turning about and coming back to us. Between the lines of his letter, I could read that he was hungering for the ones he had left behind. God bless you, daughter, smiled Dennis more cheerfully. The Alaska twilight had fallen swiftly like a dull gray blanket tossed over the frozen world. Then a ghostly moon appeared over the eastern mountains and revealed bleak expanses of glistening snow and the dark masses of pine trees. Under the shoulders of the hill crouched a little cabin, and before the blazing fire on its hearth, two young men were sitting. The boy from Hazenville had arrived, and Larry Flanagan was listening to his story of home and the home folks. And my old father helpless with the rheumatism, repeated Larry incredulously. Why, Mike Dolan, the old scout never wrote a word of it to me. But, thank heaven, the railroad stocks will keep him comfortable. But Mike Dolan looked at the big-framed man 
whose brown hair was graying on the temples and whose handsome face had taken on new lines of doggedness during the past five years. Was it possible that Larry did not know that the little western railroad had blown up and that old Dennis Flanagan's stock was worthless? Larry, he interrupted soberly. Didn't you know that the railroad busted and your father lost every penny? You lie, cried Larry savagely, for he was struck to the heart by the news. Mike Dolan smiled pityingly. It's all true, Larry, and what's more true is that your little cousin, Molly, is a wonderful girl. When the bad news came, the lass opened a millinery shop, and with her clever fingers she certainly has made money hand over fist. She's taken good care of your father. And, wished man, cried Larry in an agonized tone, I cannot bear to hear any more. Look at me, Mike Dolan. Laugh at me. I came away to make my fortune. I said when I returned I would bring Molly a bunch of shamrock made from emeralds with diamond dewdrops on them. And look at this. He swept his arm in a gesture that included the four corners of the rough cabin. Me, still striving to make good that promise. And Molly, sweet little Molly Delaney, not bothering her dear head about emeralds or diamonds, but doing her duty day by day. Laugh at me, Mike Dolan, for I am a blind fool. But Mike Dolan did not laugh. On the 17th of March, Dennis Flanagan and his niece sat down to supper. All day long, Dennis had listened for the postman's ring at the doorbell, but in vain. There came a newspaper from his old home in County Antrim, Ireland, but beyond that there was nothing. Always before, they had received some word from Larry in his faraway home, and, though the delay might be attributed to the mails and the heavy snowstorms reported in the Northwest, Dennis was heavy-hearted. May the blessed saint, whose day it is, protect him wherever he is, sighed Dennis, as he took a cup of tea from Molly's hand. I'm sure we will hear from Larry in the morning, cried Molly hopefully. Look, Uncle Dennis, at the sweet pot of shamrock I brought home. Dennis looked at her keenly. Molly, lass, and do you not pine for the real emeralds, the jewels, that Larry promised, he asked. Molly laughed scornfully, her cheeks flushed rosily, and her blue eyes shone with love for the absent lover cousin. Uncle Dennis, you make me ashamed. Don't you believe I'd rather see a lad who has two green eyes, eyes the color of that bunch of shamrock, than all the jewels in the world? Those emerald eyes of Larry Flanagan's are the only jewels I would wear against my heart. She hung her head in sudden sweet shame. Dennis's wrinkled hand was stretched across the table toward her. Then Molly, lass, he whispered, Maybe it'll come all right, for again I dream the dream of Larry coming home, poor and needy instead of rich, and... Who wanted him rich, Uncle Dennis? cried the girl hotly. We were satisfied, you and I. We pleaded with him not to go away and leave us. But there, perhaps it was for the best. But there is an ache behind it all. What is that? Dennis lifted his head. The music of the band, the night so green are parading. Shall we go down to the corner of the street and watch them, Uncle Dennis? Yes, "'Twasn't so many years ago that I marched with him meself on St. Patrick's Day, and Larry. I hoped by this time he would be back among them, brave in a green and gold uniform. Help me on with my overcoat, dearie.' So the old man, leaning on the arm of the slender, upright girl, went down to the corner and with swelling heart watched the passing of the gallant knights who marched in honor of the good St. Patrick. As the tale of the procession passed out of sight, Dennis Flanagan and his niece turned toward home. Molly knew that the old man's heart was far away in Alaska, with the beloved son, 
who was vainly seeking the will o' the wisp, gold. Tonight, gold and the luxuries it brings seemed a tiny thing to the girl with the aching heart. Again they were seated about the glowing little stove in the sitting room when there came a soft knocking at the door to the porch. Molly crossed the room and opened the door, only to fall back against the lintel, white-lipped and staring. "'Uncle Dennis! Uncle Dennis! I'm seeing visions!' she sobbed, pointing to the snow-covered porch. Dennis hobbled to her side and saw the form of a man huddled on the doormat. "'Poor soul!' he muttered, turning the face toward the light, and then he fell back with a startled cry. "'Heavens, Molly! It's our own Larry! Tis my dream come true!' he moaned. Molly recovered her courage when she realized that she was actually needed to allay suffering. She rubbed the cold face with snow and poured a strong stimulant through the white lips. After a while, Larry opened his eyes, smiled, shook himself, and slowly staggered to his feet. When he was safely inside, supported on either side by father and sweetheart, he looked down at them from tender green eyes that were rarely beautiful. Dennis and Molly looked at him hungrily. Larry who had gone forth so gallantly to seek his fortune, who had promised to bring back emerald shamrocks to deck his sweetheart's breast. Larry was shabby and obviously poor and undeniably hungry, for he was thin and pale and worn. But he was Larry, come home to them once more. Clasped in his father's trembling arms, Larry soothed the old man's excitement, while Molly hurried to and fro, making a pot of strong coffee and broiling a piece of beefsteak. When she had set the table with the meal, Larry's eyes beckoned her across the room, and she came and stood before him. Molly, darling, said Larry in a low tone, my fine promises are for nothing. I come home poorer than when I went away, and the emeralds I was to bring home, Lassie, his voice shook, are missing. I find you have been as a daughter to my father. My heart is broken with the shame of it all, and Molly's soft hand closed his lips. Be still, she smiled at him, while Dennis chuckled in his corner. Be still, Larry. You have brought home jewels to me worth more than emeralds. Your true eyes of emerald green are my jewels, and your love and constancy shall always grow green in my heart. And the little bit of living green yonder, she pointed to the shamrock on the table, is more to me than lifeless gems or cold gold. While Larry held her close to him, Dennis nodded his head at his son. "'Tis true, lad. A good woman is above rubies, but our little Molly is far above rubies and gold and emeralds." End of Section 9 Recording by Stephen Kinford, Sharon Township, Ohio, Amateur Radio Call Sign, N8WB